Hi everyone, Boris here. Sorry for the quick interruption, but I have to tell you about some exciting new job openings that are added to the LogTechies job board. Have you heard of the LogTechies job board? LogTechies is the first hand-curated job board for the field of logistics technology. That's where I post the coolest LogTech jobs at those companies that I currently find the most interesting. Brand new to the board is Bex Technologies from Stuttgart, Germany. Bex is building a logistics platform for the construction industry that helps companies coordinate deliveries to construction sites. I've had CEO and co-founder Leonard Paul on the podcast before, and I know they're going places. Right now, they're hiring for a number of exciting roles, including a CFO, COO, and a head of logistics. Alaiko from Munich, Germany is another new addition to the LogTechies job board. Alaiko offers seamless e-commerce fulfillment for fast-rising online shops and e-commerce brands. The company raised $30 million in a Series A round earlier this year and is now on an ambitious growth trajectory. They are looking to fill a number of sales roles, for example, for junior as well as for seasoned professionals. You should definitely take a look at Alaiko's openings. Aside from Bex Technologies and Alaiko, you will also find exciting roles from TradeLink, Noise Technologies, FanRide, Sender and others. Please have a look and follow the board so you can stay updated on when new companies and jobs get added. You find the LogTechies job board at LogTechies.com. L-O-G-T-E-C-H-I-E-S.com. LogTechies.com. All right, and now let's start the show. Hello and welcome to the Logistics Tribe. I'm Boris Felgendreyer, founder of the Logistics Tribe, and today we will take a look at what Google, in particular Google Cloud, is up to when it comes to logistics and supply chain management. Google Cloud has been active in this space for a couple of years now, and it's starting to become clear now why it may actually be a great match. Our guest today is Hans Thalbauer, who has a rich history in supply chain tech and is now the managing director of Google Cloud supply chain and manufacturing capabilities. This episode is hosted by Marco Prügelmeier. Before we get started, a quick thanks to our supporters, Gray Orange. Gray Orange automates warehouse operations through a combination of AI software and autonomous mobile robots. Gray Orange systems are in place at some very prominent companies, such as IKEA or the Danish household goods and furniture retailer Jysk. If you're looking to get your warehouse and fulfillment operations to the next level with the help of autonomous robots and automation, you should definitely have Gray Orange on your list. Check them out at grayorange.com. All right, and now let's move on to the show with Hans Thalbauer, hosted by Marco Prügelmeier. Enjoy. Hello, Hans. Uh, welcome to the Logistics Tribe. Hi, Marco. Thanks for having me. It's good that we have you here on the show uh, because it's a dedicated logistics show. And I think there are a lot of people out there interested in what you are doing and what you are telling us the next half an hour or so. But uh, just to jump in right now, I would like to ask you to give a, a short introduction and how did you get to the Silicon Valley and to Google and what did you do before? And I think you're coming from Austria originally, right? I come from Austria. That's very correct. Actually, I'm right now in Austria uh, and I'm taking this recording here from, from Austria. So um, yes, uh, I... My, my background is uh, very much my entire life. I was working with companies around the world in all different um, industries on the topic of supply chain, on the topic of manufacturing, logistics. Uh, so that's pretty much my, my background. And I did that in many different forms and fashions. Um, I started my career at a manufacturing company, actually, and uh, really worked in the manufacturing company as a, um, in the strategy function. Um, and then I joined SAP. Uh, and I was there for 20 years. Uh, and in these 20 years, I really had the chance to get to know uh, all sizes of companies and uh, all companies around the world in all different industries. And 
really covered um, all the time the topic of supply chain manufacturing, product lifecycle management, asset management, and every related kind of function. Um, about two years ago, I joined Google um, and Google Cloud to be precise. Um, I'm now the managing director for the supply chain manufacturing industries at Google Cloud. And I'm very happy, actually, uh, what we can do at Google and how we can support companies. It's very much a data-driven world we are living in. And, of course, Google uh, actually really stands for data and making data accessible uh, universally for uh, companies, for everyone uh, who is uh, working in uh, this context. And uh, I think that's the task right now. Everyone asks for visibility. Everyone needs more information. But more information is not always good. So you also need intelligence. So therefore, the data combined with artificial intelligence was exactly which uh, kind of attracted me why I joined Google Cloud. So it seems that you can now apply everything that you learned at SAP regarding logistics and so on and supply chain. Um, to the data-driven world uh, of Google and use the tools of Google to apply them on the supply chain. That's absolutely correct, right? So, I mean, my, my career at SAP was, was uh, super good. I really liked it. I really enjoyed it a lot. Uh, we were working on improving uh, the efficiency of companies. We were working on introducing optimization algorithms, really introducing transactional environments, bringing mass data together, and, and, and. So a lot of this really hard problems uh, we, we solve there. But I think actually uh, where we can do so make so much difference at Google Cloud is really focusing on data uh, and really bringing data together from all kinds of different systems and really not just uh, providing data in the context of the enterprise, but also include data which are out there in the world, which describe the world, right? So one of the key things what I always struggled with when when people asked for supply chain visibility is, Well, they have the data from the enterprise, from the SAP systems, from the ERP systems. But what they're missing is all the information like what is the weather, what is the traffic, what is the climate, what are the health uh, issues right now, and everything which describes a, a, a disruption. All these data sets are typically ignored. And this is where Google can really make a difference in bringing this information together to, with the enterprise information, with that really provide complete end-to-end -end visibility for supply chain professionals. Yeah, it seems quite logical. Let's dive into that topic a little bit deeper. Uh, I read something about uh, a program named Supply Chain Twin. And I think that's only one part of uh, what you're doing actually in the logistics world right now. But let's start with this one because I think that's kind of the, the flagship. Or yeah, I'd love to love talk about this. Um, I mean, when we started at Google two, two years ago and then really defined Uh, how can we actually help companies um, in the area of supply chain? Uh, again, it was really the topic of visibility which came to mind and then really making sure that we bring data, data sets together from everywhere uh, around the world in order to really make sure that company gets this visibility. So that was kind of the starting point. The second piece to the puzzle is the flexibility. So it's not just the visibility companies are asking for, but also more flexibility because the world is changing so dramatically fast. Um, and with all these different disruptions, companies need to adjust their systems and their processes and their decision processes actually very, very fast. So more flexibility is needed. And the last point, which we also want to really address is the innovation topic, um, really making and, and thinking about problems differently uh, and really using machine learning, artificial intelligent processes in the context of this data we are bringing together in order to drive better outcomes, right? So that's kind of when we started thinking of how can we really make a difference from a Google perspective? And 
this is what we started to do and then our strategy is very very simple and straightforward um, we said first foundation is that we really describe the supply chain world which we call the supply chain twin it's a, it's a digital representation of the physical supply chain right so that's uh, in one word what it is what we do there is actually that we have three segments of data sets. The first segment is what we call the private segment. This describes the ERP data, right? So this would be the forecasts, the uh, capacities, um, all the information about orders and everything actually, which, uh, which uh, is typically handled in an ERP environment. The second segment is what we describe is a community segment. This is actually all the data which is shared between business partners. So think about track and trace data, think about orders, think about sustainability data. So data which is typically shared between companies, we have therefore created a community segment in the supply chain twin. It could be either your suppliers or your customers. It could be your suppliers, your customers, sizes. all business partners you have, right? And all sizes, and that's that's very important. We want to really make it simple and easy to provide this connectivity, which is a big problem right now. Uh, connectivity, well, it's yes, still the EDI kind of topic, but um, we need to overcome that and make it much easier for companies to share information in a trusted environment. Uh, and maybe it's not necessarily actually really uh, exchanging data, but much more refer referring to data. So that's another discussion, I think, when we want to deep dive but the, that's the community segment and then the third segment which is very important is the public data segment and this public data segment really includes now the information which i described before like it comes from climate information to weather information traffic information the mm -hmm. uh, whatever pandemic like the health crisis type of information and an end so whatever describes the world actually we want to bring together in this in this public segment and all three together are really describing this supply chain twin so once we have this foundation we have a data model on top now we can really apply the different use cases so the business processes and this is what we call the supply chain pulls where we have then analytical uh, applications or solutions which uh, allow companies to really analyze it. What we do here is actually providing templates and which uh, are being adopted by customers in their specific uh, way uh, when they start the implementation. The third part of the strategy is then artificial intelligence um, and really using AI, ML algorithms um, and apply them. And we have started to really introduce them according to the let's say end-to-end -end value chain where we start on the demand side then address the inventory we address um, the uh, uh, delivery sides of the fulfillment aspect and, and also the sustainability aspect so these four kind of categories we, we, we use in order to work on this uh, ai solutions and the fourth very very important part of the strategy is we work with partners we are not creating applications yeah so we actually work partners and this means we are working with the saps of this world we're working with the Annaplans and manhattans and an end of this world uh, and and really make sure that the system landscape a customer has can be applied right so we don't want to replace we actually want to augment the existing landscape and and really provide with that the benefit and and the efficiency uh, which is needed yeah sounds interesting hans Uh, and you mentioned already the connectivity, which is always somehow hard to achieve, right? Because you, you got the different systems and you have to connect in different ways. And then the connection uh, changes in some way or the application. And then you have to 
uh, redo the connection and things like that. Uh, how do you do that with the um, supply chain tool? Yeah, yeah. And then you're so right, right? So that's that's one of the most important pieces that we make it easy for everyone to connect. Um, and so there are different ways to do that, right? Um, of course, at Google, we also provide the possibility to have API or EDI integration, right? So we uh, leverage the Google Cloud Platform and the technology there's one important part of the technology which is called epg uh, which allows us to really use the apis and and create apis and with that uh, uh, make the connectivity work between uh, business partners typically this is done between large enterprises i want to say there's a second way how to share data and share information where we have the possibility to do that right away in our data warehouse, right? So where we have BigQuery and within BigQuery, we can say, I want to share in a secure way only this data sets with my business partner. The business partner can access it also in a secure way and can actually uh, also add data to it. The difference is, is there is no standard defined. With APIs and EDIs, you have a standard definition, right? So you know exactly what kind of data you can expect. And the second way, when you transfer data or share data just in a data warehouse, you, you, you actually do that and trust that the business partner understands what kind of data you share. The third way, which I actually think is very, very underestimated, is the way how we can connect the data warehouse, so BigQuery, also with emails. Yeah? So we use Gmail and generate actually mm. the Gmails with data and with that really enabling everyone to connect. And there are interactive maps, there are interactive uh, data sets which can be shared with, uh, with business partners. And you can also add the text and we actually translate back and forth between structured and unstructured information in, in, in these data sets, right? So three ways uh, where we can share and connect actually business partners. Um, and I think actually there will be more coming, right? So there's a lot of discussion also in terms of networks uh, in different industries. Uh, think about Catena X when it comes to automotive industry. Mm -hmm. uh, think about uh, other uh, industries. There's a lot of effort underway um, how companies can share information in a more transparent way and easy way. Uh, so that everyone knows actually what kind of information they can expect. Mm -hmm. I'm interested about the third way that you mentioned with uh, the email protocol, let's say. How does that work? Is it an automated email generated out of BigQuery or uh, how can I imagine that? Yeah, yeah, you can imagine it exactly like that, uh, right? So we have Workspace and, and Gmail is part of it. And so we can actually really translate the information from uh, BigQuery, from GCP and then transform it into uh, the email. And uh, from the email, you still have the uh, possibility to have, make it interactive. So if you share actually a route uh, for a truck uh, and then and you have small carriers and maybe not the sophisticated uh, IT landscape, so maybe that's the best way how you can share actually this um, routing mm -hmm. information and you can keep this up to date and just updating um, the, the route in, in uh, the email. And then you re reference back, right? So you get an email back and you can refer back and there's the translation between structured and unstructured information. So that works actually mm -hmm. quite nicely. Uh, and like I mentioned, mm -hmm. I think actually it's a little bit underestimated and uh, people hesitate to call it as really a coll collaboration. Uh, but I would actually argue it is very much a collaboration which allows comp uh, people actually own and companies to make an easy connection between each other. And it seems to be very flexible, right? And and that's also what you mentioned at the beginning, visibility and flexibility, yeah. Yeah, so that you easily can connect also smaller partners yeah. to, the, to the whole yeah, supply chain tr uh, transparency. Uh, let's assume that we have connected all the data and of course the public data is 
Anyway, Google is, is the star in, in, in this uh, category. How does the outcome look like for the company using it? Is it like a, a supply chain vision board where, where I see where is my stuff? Which one is critical? Where do I have shortages? Uh, where do I have to react? Because there are two things that come to my mind, Hans. The one is that uh, sometimes we have too much data, then people cannot cannot really work with it anymore because it's just get, they're getting overflowed with data. And the other one is how is the data structured so that everyone can easily work with it and, and take out the gains of it. Are you using AI also on top of that for certain procedures or how does this work? Yeah, yeah absolutely right. So, so the, the way it works um, is, I would say, straightforward, right? So what we did and what we are doing is Uh, we have a data model which uh, can be expanded, right? So we are not defining and then kind of um, have a fixed data model. It's a flexible data model which can be extended uh, by every company. Um, then on top of it, we actually with this data model are able to uh, really uh, create uh, all the different use cases, how we call it, or uh, address the business processes. For that, we use Looker, another um, application mm -hmm. uh, Google is offering, analytical tools we are offering there. And with this Google and Looker dashboards, um, a company can exactly do what you described, creating these dashboards, creating these control centers, um, and with that really see what's going on. Of course, there's a lot of definition necessary. So it's not only a data model, you also need to have a semantic layer uh, in between where you describe the business rules. When uh, is an alert an alert? Um, and this kind of uh, uh, definition is, is done in the, in the semantic model. Uh, by using uh, uh, Looker, uh, the analytical tool. But we are open here, right? So this is also very important. It's a very open environment. It's not a closed environment, which means, first of all, we support uh, the uh, uh, hybrid cloud environments. We support multiple cloud environments. And uh, on top of it, also on the analytic tools, we support actually multiple uh, analytics tools. But of course, uh, as Google, we're offering with Looker the analytics tool. Uh, which allow companies to really describe uh, what I mentioned before, the control towers, control centers, uh, and so on. But it's not just the control towers, control centers, right? It's really very much business processes like a demand sensing process or um, an inventory optimization business process where uh, companies want to understand what is my risk level on the supply. Uh, think about manufacturing and all the disruptions. An easy example mm -hmm. is the microchip um, uh, issue where uh, there are a lot of shortages. And so you need to understand what is the risk level with my components. Uh, it's not just the availability, but also the risk level to it. And this is what you need to take into account nowadays when you do inventory optimization. Yeah, it's not just the traditional, I have my demand variability, supply variability, and then I calculate what is the optimal inventory situation uh, on the multi-echelon environment. But I need to take the risk uh, level into account as well. And that's very important mm -hmm. on the supply side as well as on the, on the, on the uh, demand side. Uh, and so these are the, the things which are really are very important when we then talk about what kind of machine learning, artificial intelligence algorithms we are putting on top of it. And here we go from the forecasting side to the inventory to the uh, fulfillment transportation side. And just on transportation, because of the changing uh, demand, how, how consumers are buying products. So of course, e-commerce is uh, a huge topic um, and the e-commerce share is uh, ever increasing and faster increasing and accelerating um, than before. And so for that, uh, we, we're really focusing on last mile, last mile shipment. Um, and there we have integrated and, and introduced uh, two solutions, actually one together with Google Maps, 
uh, where we have last mile shipment services, which ensure that the addresses uh, which uh, end consumers typing in uh, entered correctly, that we can share actually information to the carriers, uh, that there are analytical tools on it, that the execution of the uh, truck, actually when the truck needs to drive, um, is, is taking place and can be tracked and traced. So this is kind of the Google Maps uh, services. And then on the Google Cloud, uh, what we did there is really focused on creating an artificial intelligent algorithm, which we call Cloud Fleet Routing, uh, which is really the planning process, right? Google Maps is focusing on the execution. One truck drives and, and, uh, and uh, needs to go from point A to point B and does that in a very efficient way and most sustainable way. And then on uh, the Cloud Fleet Routing, we plan all the uh, vans or trucks a company has and the thousands of trucks and Create the optimized route and do that in a very, very fast way, right? So we can do that almost real time when it comes to simple environments. Um, when it comes to very big environments, still it's super fast uh, in how we can calculate uh, the best routes uh, and, and with that deal with disruptions during the day. These are just examples, right? Uh, how we are using AI technology in the context of the data and in the context of Google Cloud. Yeah, you just mentioned two basically uh, new solutions to the cloud fleet routing and the last mile fleet solution. Are these then interconnected uh, to the supply chain twin or is it just different tools and you can use them together? They, they work together, but uh, you don't have to use them combined. Exactly. So you don't have to, but you can. Right. So it's always built okay. in a way mm -hmm. you can use the supply chain twin without anything else, uh, uh, without mm -hmm. analytic tools, without the AI tools and so on. Uh, you can use the AI tools, which are which and the applications which we just discussed. So the cloud free routing also without the twin and you can use it with the twin. Uh, so that's uh, how we define it. And the reason is companies need flexibility uh, and Flexibility is not just in the business process, but also on the IT side. Um, some companies have already maps, uh, tools in place, uh, and they don't want to replace that just in order to do cloud fleet routing. On the other side, maybe they use Google Maps and have already uh, a, another fleet routing optimization. So we want to provide you the flexibility and provide uh, the best uh, option for uh, the companies. And therefore, yes, it works together, but you can run it. Mm -hmm. Just to understand a little bit better on how much the public data plays into that game. So I imagine if I have a factory and I have 500 suppliers all over the world connected to the supply chain twin, and then there is an earthquake in somewhere in Mexico and close to one of my suppliers, would I get an alert? Yeah, it depends on what kind of data sets you, you inc include in, in your supply chain twin. And yes, so if you do that in this way, yes, you get an alert. Uh, and it's not just an alert, right? Mm -hmm. But think about it in, in a different way, right? So um, it's not just uh, that you use this data uh, for, let's say, disruptions uh, which are going on right now. Uh, you can use that also more for the planning processes and more for the tactical slash strategic planning processes. I give an example. Think about climate and the climate crisis um, and think about the drought right? Um, in California and in many other parts of this world. Um, there's a real issue with uh, not enough rain and uh, the drought gets more severe every year. And um, this has, of course, a huge impact in uh, the vegetable and agriculture production, right? And agriculture in California is very big. Uh, all, most vegetables actually produced in, in the US are produced in 
uh, in California. So now you have a dependency, right? And now you want to understand what is the impact, which farm actually got what kind of rain during during the, the next season and what is the climate situation overall. So we use Google Earth Engine to get the satellite images and the satellite information. Then we overlay that with where the farms are, what kind of uh, products they are growing there. Um, and then we actually apply the actual situation. And this actually gives us a trend, right? So this actually let, lets us understand what kind of products are, are in, at high risk uh, in which parts of this world. So that's just an easy example how you use climate information and agriculture world. Uh, but you can also look at uh, similar uh, processes like uh, a ship is stuck in the Suez um, and, and now what is the disruption actually and, and what is the, um, how can I solve that, right? So these more these tactical problems you can look at um, with uh, this type of information where you have uh, public data sets combined with the operational data sets. Mm -hmm. And uh, the cloud fleet routing API that you have, um, what I read about it is that it's very good in ETA predictions. So uh, estimating the arrival time, very good. Assuming probably also taking traffic data into account and, and all that. And I read about that you're using something called super segments to even be able to to calculate that. Can you talk two or three sentences about that? Because that sounds very interesting for logistics, for the logistics world. Yeah. Yes, it, it's again, right? So based on the data sets and based on the variables we can include in, in the routing solution. And it's correct that um, the uh, calculated ETAs that are taking into account the actual situation in combination with also uh, more the historic information, right? It's um, not just a, a uh, actual situation and uh, we are starting from scratch again and again it's really based on learning um, and that's uh, I think one of the key elements how you can calculate and come up with uh, improved uh, ETAs uh, over time we, we even go further than that right and the plans are that uh, we do have more and more truck constraints in uh, with Google Maps uh, covered um, and that means that you really have uh, all the streets uh, covered where you you can drive as a truck. Uh, uh, and that's a huge difference. If you have these maps, um, that's a big, big difference mm -hmm. um, in how you can calculate ETA. Yeah, because then you understand that some trucks cannot drive on all the streets uh, and they need to actually follow certain other uh, routes. And uh, if you can optimize that, that's really uh, a big, big difference. So we're going in multiple directions here in order to improve um, the, the ETA for um, the, 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 and the efficiency actually for, for the routes. You mentioned already that you are working with partners and partnerships. Two questions on that. Uh, the first one is, are these solutions that we were talking about Are these open for everyone that is using the Google Cloud or do you have to pay for it? In, in, in a, uh, is there an extra charge or what's the business model behind it? And the second question would be, uh, there are a lot of startups in this area also. Do they have to be afraid now because Google is taking over? No, nobody needs to be afraid. Uh, like I said, it's a very open environment. Our interest is actually to really make a big difference with these type of solutions and also allow uh, partners to use them. Right. So that means uh, on the example of cloud fleet routing, we work with a number of software companies where they embed the AI algorithm into their solutions. And that's exactly what we want. Uh, so uh, mm -hmm. let's uh, use that uh, technology from a pricing model. 
um, the AI, uh, artificial intelligence applications typically have a value-based pricing, uh, but the majority of our solutions, like uh, Supply Chain Twin, is actually only based on consumption, right? So there, it's, it's not an additional mm-hmm. uh, kind of charge um, to use that. Uh, but for APIs or AIs, it's typically value-based pricing and the rest is consumption. Uh, very interesting, everything for the logistics world, Hans. And I think very well structured because you are actually using a lot of what is already there at Google, right? Uh, you mentioned uh, using Looker for the basically the Pulse dashboards. Yeah? I assume that you're using Vertex AI to do the, the machine learning stuff and the AI stuff. And also, if you need a data warehouse, uh, then it's all connected to BigQuery. So I think that's that's really uh, genius. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that, that's the key, right? So the reason why we were very fast, actually, and we were able to uh, create this type of solutions very fast was that the technology is there, right? It's already part of Google Cloud Platform. It has been there since the beginning, and therefore... Now, we didn't need to reinvent those. We can leverage that, mm-hmm. but we needed to, to bring it into the context of supply chain, context of logistics, context of manufacturing. And this is exactly what we are doing there, right? So, and, and how we create these uh, solutions and the AI solutions on this. Yeah, very clear, very clear. Makes really sense. In in one sentence, you also mentioned uh, sustainability. I know that there has been a study on sustainability, I think, quite recently. I don't know, several months ago. And is there also something where you can actually get the sustainability KPIs for your supply chain? Yeah, yeah. I mean, sustainability is a huge topic, right? And I, I just recognize that I only mentioned it once uh, so far in this in this talk. Uh, and typically, sustainability is being mentioned every second uh, sentence. Uh, and so uh, let's talk a little bit more on sustainability. Uh, it is a huge topic and it is very much related to supply chain. Um, sustainability um, is very much driven and impacted by supply chain. And uh, we typically really focus on the three different aspects. The first one is really around uh, the carbon footprint, right? So the greenhouse gas emissions. Um, the second uh, is really to focus on um, the circular economy. So bring in the recycled return, reuse processes. Um, and the third one is really around the social responsibility topics, right? So this is how we uh, kind of categorize um, the sustainability work. And also here, it's so, so super important when you think about scope one, two and three data. And now you want to actually get more precise and more correct scope three data. This is a huge focus of ours, uh, how we can do that and how we can help companies to do that. Logistics companies really have the possibility to provide this data more accurately also to their uh, customers, to their to their, uh, shippers. And, and I think that's a, a huge topic which will uh, go on and continue actually in the next uh, coming months and years, um, how we can become better and better on that. But it is for us a huge focus, uh, as you can easily imagine. And therefore, we also introduced this survey and, and really wanted to understand uh, in this context what, what companies are thinking and, and what they're doing. And I mean, this service and this study uh, really looked at uh, different aspects and, and uh, with very straightforward, simple questions um, on uh, how uh, respondents um, are uh, yeah, using or do they have an effort ongoing for ESGs or the 
environmental mm -hmm. and social and um, uh, sustainability uh, environment as aspects. And and so if you ask companies, do you have that as a priority of your organization? Is sustainability a priority for organization? And more than two thirds would answer yes, right? So it's very very uh, clear yes. Um, and then you you would ask them. Uh, how would you rate uh, actually your company's sustainability effort? Again, most companies um, would would answer, we have quite good uh, sustainability targets and also processes in place and we are getting better. So more than 70% in, in the supply chain manufacturing world would say, we have uh, actually above average grade uh, sustainability efforts. And then you ask, question right um why better you can you measure it that's always the problem right yeah, the point right so then you ask the question can you really measure it and this is where actually only 10 percent would actually say well we have actually the tools in place in order to measure it right so that that's kind of where the uncertainty comes in right so people believe in sustainability makes a big difference they also believe their companies have made the right choices and their programs can you measure it um this is where people struggle and then there's the uncertainty. What is the real impact? Are the data which we generate correct or not? Right. So and this is, I think, exactly where Google can make a big difference, where we can make sure in working with uh, companies um, that the scope one, two, three data are more correct, that you can measure actually the impact and, and the aspects. Right. So that's why this is a huge topic for us. If we take a, a time frame of, let's say, 10 years around about, um, how do you envision because that, that's quite my hobby, you know, Hans, uh, the, the future of logistics and how does everything evolve and so on. Uh, how do you envision supply chains, logistics operations in the future? Yeah, very good question. And I, I'm also thinking about this uh, question a lot. Um, and, you know, I'm working in this industry now for more than two decades, 25 years, um, and I've seen actually an evolution of supply chain processes uh, over this uh, time frame and, and even before, right? So, and this is uh, quite interesting when you look into it, um, what happened and why things are as they are and why are disruptions um, going on at a pace where they have never been before. And uh, I'm a strong believer that we are not going back to supply chain processes as we have seen them before the pandemic. Um, I believe actually we, we are in the middle of a transition and there are two big drivers which are driving this transition. The one driver is the dependencies. Uh, companies want to be less and less dependent uh, from, um, let's say, uh, events uh, which are being caused uh, by something um, around the world. Um, and it there's the, the need and um, the purpose to reduce risk. Um, and with that, it drives more and more into a regionalization. And the second big driver is sustainability. Uh, and this is very much a society-driven uh, aspect uh, where society doesn't want to have uh, yeah, the carbon footprint, uh, which we which is being caused by being product being sent around the world. Uh, so it both actually go... Uh, more in this direction that companies start to think about regionalization of their business. I call it the post-outsourcing world. Um, and this post-outsourcing world is really what it exactly means. You don't go to China anymore for cheap labor uh, and leverage cheap labor. You go to China in order to sell the products which you produce um, there. Uh, and this is, I think, a very different way of thinking, uh, which we need to understand. And it's not just China. It's just an example which everyone immediately understands. 
But I I'm very much believe that uh, this transition into this post-outsourcing world, this regionalization, less dependencies, um, is actually driving uh, a new setup in how supply chains will work. What I'm not saying is that global trade will go away. Actually, no, not at all. Uh, but uh, you will produce more locally for the local market. Yeah. Makes absolutely sense. And only source those goods from far away where the region has the resources for it, right? Uh, where you have no other possibility, basically, and where it makes sense from a, a value stream thinking. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then what it requires, though, is the highest degree of automation, right? So only if you really are able to uh, manufacture products uh, with a high degree of automation, um, then you have a cost structure which allows you to really distribute and then sell products um, in, in the different markets, right? So I think uh, this goes mm -hmm. in hand. Uh, so this uh, high degree of automation, the visibility of data, Uh, but then also less dependency, the risk, reduced risk, the focus on sustainability, all kind of point to a direction where we see this uh, regionalization slash post-outsourcing world. So more robots in logistics, where we actually see it already quite uh, heavily entering. Uh, are you also um, on the robotic side doing something at, at Google? That's actually in the broader context of uh, Alphabet, right? So the parent company of, of Google. Yeah. Um, there are also initiatives uh, on uh, robotics, but I'm not directly involved, so I can really not speak yeah. in, in detail. Yeah. Um, but yes, robotics is huge, uh, and we work with quite a number of partners as well here, uh, because we have the automation uh, in, in the warehouse processes, um, and it's the conveyor belt, robotics, whatever you have. And I think if you look at warehouses, um, there is a new strategy, warehouse as a service, um, or the pop-up warehouses uh, in order to mm -hmm. fulfill a demand on the spot. So all these kind of things uh, need to be covered um, in an efficient way. Um, and uh, so here we work, with, for example, with a, with a partner like Dematic. Uh, Dematic mm -hmm. is a German company or a US company, actually, but uh, is part of Kion. Um, and so we're working with them very closely on, on this aspect on automation in warehouses, um, how we can uh, be efficient in the logistics process. All right. And the next steps for the Google Cloud in regards of supply chain? The next steps are that all what we discussed now um, will be deployed uh, to hundreds and thousands of customers, hopefully very soon, um, that we really work and learn from these customers how they want to leverage the data in, in a better way, uh, that we really focus on innovation, innovation in the sense of uh, really driving efficiency, having all these aspects in mind in terms of sustainability as well, not just cost. Um, and with that, really creating um, an impact uh, in the world um, and a better future. I think that's a very good closing word, Hans. Uh, thank you very much for this talk. It was highly interesting uh, for everyone uh, working in logistics. So thank you very much for that and for interrupting your holidays in Austria. Enjoy those days back home. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. And thank you for having me, Marco. Thanks. All right. That was the Logistics Tribe podcast episode with Hans Thalbauer from Google Cloud. Hope you enjoyed today's show. If so, please make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any of the future episodes. I'm Boris Felgendreher. Until next time.